0: Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my Top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Hello, welcome to the Top 5, I'm your host Connor, and each week I take about 15 to 20 minutes to discuss the previous week's NASCAR race and anything else going on in our favorite sport. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, And I would invite you to go to Facebook and search the top five, uh, the word five, not the number and like my page or go to patreoncom forward slash the top five and get involved in the conversation. If you say, if I say something here that you disagree with, then share it with me. I want to hear from you. Leave a comment, send me a message. I'd be happy to read your thoughts on the podcast. So this week, This past week, uh, we stopped in at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And let's get right into my top five takeaways from that race. Number one. So the big story going into the weekend was Chase Elliott was going to be out. Turns out he's going to be out for six weeks. And for some reason, it seemed at the beginning the announcement was made, but no one was really sure why. It was almost like it was a big secret or something. Uh, turns out he was in a snowboarding accident and hurt his leg or broke his leg. He's gonna be out for six weeks and the social medias blew up over this. Everyone complaining to thoughts and prayers to all kinds of stuff. A lot of people questioning why he should why he was snowboarding in the first place, which is ridiculous to me. These guys are regular guys, regular humans. Regular people, they live regular lives, they do regular things. The monotonous bullshit that you do day-to-day, they do as well. It's just on the weekends, they jump in a car and go 200 miles an hour, and they have millions of people rooting for them. Now, I know that's a major difference, but so what if he was snowboarding? And I even heard people complaining about he shouldn't get a playoff uh, waiver because he wasn't hurt on track. Which is also ridiculous. First of all, NASCAR would never do that. He's the most popular driver. The Daytona 500 and the Chase, or the playoffs as they're now called, are the highlight events of our sport. They're not going to have their most popular driver not involved unless they absolutely have to. So that's ridiculous. Uh, And secondly, why does he need a playoff waiver? He'll be out for six weeks. So he'll be back in... What, late April? Early May? So, he'll have tons of regular... uh, The the idea that Chase Elliott is just going to go winless this year is ridiculous. And it doesn't matter where he's at in points. If you win this year, you're in the playoffs. No matter what. You don't have to be in the top, whatever, 25, I think it was last year, in owner points. They changed that this year. So, as long as you are a winning driver, you'll be in the playoffs. That said, he still deserves... A playoff uh, waiver Uh, If he can make it in on points If that's what it takes I I just find it hard to believe that You know there's uh, 26 Regular season races And he's going to miss 6 of them So in the next 20 races Or 18 because we've already ran a few Before he was out He's not going to get a win I am a betting man, and I would bet against that. I, I, I'm sure Chase Elliott will be fine. And I think that if this had happened to a less popular driver, it would have been far less discussion. But Chase Elliott is the new Dale Jr., so Chase Elliott gets treated as such. I like Chase Elliott. I, I don't consider myself a fan. I don't wear his gear to the track, uh, but I don't dislike him either. I think he's a great guy, a great race car driver. He's just not my driver. Uh, that said, Josh Berry replaced him in the uh, race at Las Vegas, and I'm not sure if that's long-term. I guess we'll have to wait and see until next race in Phoenix if Josh Berry is still in. There's rumors that they could go get a another driver, like Jamie McMurray, uh, to fill in for him. I have no idea if that's going to happen. I couldn't tell you. But Josh Berry was in. Let's get into the race itself. Number two. So Fox is still doing this deal where instead of having a third chair, they have a guest host each week. And this week was Danica. Same as last year. Danica for Vegas and Phoenix. And I thought Danica did a great job last year. Uh, this is from a guy who couldn't stand Annika as a race car driver, but as a broadcaster, I thought she did a great job. Very knowledgeable. She knew when to speak and when to let the host speak. Uh, I thought she was terrible in Vegas. Honestly, she stepped on Mike Joy constantly to the point where he would cut her off to get in a sponsor or uh, uh, something that needed to be said. And I, I kind of got the impression that he was annoyed with her. Could be wrong. Uh, but she's back in Phoenix. Hopefully, she'll do better then. As for the race itself, uh, Joey Lagana was on the pole. I was very excited for this race. If you listened last week, I'd mentioned, uh, because I love Vegas, it's my favorite mile-and-a-half track. I've never attended this one in person, but it is in the next couple of tracks on my list to attend. Uh, And it became clear from the drop of the green flag that William Byron was, he had the fastest car. There was no doubt. Tyler Reddick started in the back and made a lot of moves to the front, but he kind of stalled once he got to the top 10. William Byron took off like a bat out of hell and didn't seem like anything, but he was a couple, two, three seconds up the entire race. Logano uh, fell back after the first. He led the first couple laps and then fell back mid-pack, and you could just see he didn't have it in him. I don't know how he got the pole, but he just did not have a car ready to compete uh, in today's in the Las Vegas race. And really, Larson also looked fast. Really, all of the the Hendrick cars looked good. It looked like the Hendrick cars came off their truck ready to race. Whereas everyone else was kind of struggling. William Byron uh, won stage one. Stage two was largely uneventful. William Byron won stage two. Swept the first two stages for the first time in his career. My next point as typically I cover the third stage and end of the race. So let's get right into that. Number three. So one positive that I'm noticing... Uh, what were we, three races into the regular season this year? Is there? I don't know if you remember this. I complained about it ad nauseum last year, but on these mile and a half tracks or like auto club type tracks, uh, the back end of car single car cautions were there would be four or five of them per race. You would see the back end just whip around on on these cars, somewhat out of nowhere uh, causing a caution and it was so infuriating and it was so unpredictable. It wasn't like guys were pushing it, trying to gain a little extra advantage and then, you know, losing the the back of their car. It was cars just out ticking off laps, the rear end, just swinging around on them. And so far that's not happening this year, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, There were several cars, including Logano, Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, uh, and one other that we'll get to in a little bit, that did brush the wall, but it was more like a Darlington stripe than it was, you know, most of them didn't cause cautions. Uh, They were just, you know, a little brush against the wall, take the paint off the tires type thing and, and keep on. The only major incident in the race was... In stage three, Logano, who was it? Logano, Kyle Bush, and Horseface Kozlowski were trying to go three wide. They went through three and four, and uh, Kyle Bush was on the bottom and held his line. Logano was on the top and held his line, and Horseface just stampeded up the uh, track like there was a carrot up there for him and uh, just neighed his way into the side of Logano. Man, that guy is is quickly growing to be one of my least favorite drivers. Seems like ever since he took ownership of the team and had a shit year last year, he's just entitled and actually the track is his. Sort of like Kyle Busch used to do. So frustrating. I know Joey wasn't going to win the race, but to get taken out like that just an absolute dump job by a horse-faced huge tooth ass hat. Of Keselowski is just frustrating. Uh, Logano broke a toe link, uh, did not finish the race. Tough day for him. Uh, I'm glad next week's a short track. Honestly, I'm I'm hoping Logano gets revenge. And if it seems to you listening to this that I'm being biased, you're right. I'll admit it. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you as as a listener. I will tell you when I'm biased. I'm a Logano fan. Which means most of you automatically hate me. But I am. So uh, when I watched a, a horsed faced huge tooth, shit race car driver owner take out my driver. It, it really pissed me off. Maybe you see it differently. And I'd love to hear from you. Comment on a, on a page. Send me a message on Facebook through the top five Facebook group and i'll I'll share it with you i I will read it on this podcast uh so moving on in the actual race i'll I'll quit my venting for for a moment uh four laps to go. Larson was way out in the lead, looked like he had this one wrapped up, and Eric Armarola hit the wall, bringing out the caution and it was clear at this point how important, I mean, it was clear well before this point, but it was very clear how important tires were to these cars in this race. And Truex decided to stay out. I get it. Kind of throwing a Hail Mary. It's the only chance you have. But it did not work out. This went to uh, overtime to a green-white checkered. William Byron shot off like a bat out of hell on the restart uh, and won this race handily. I do feel bad for Larson, but this is racing. This is how it goes. It wasn't a phantom caution. It wasn't a baloney caution. Amarillo really did hit the wall and a and caution had to fly. Congrats to Byron, though. He was the dominant car. There's no doubt about that. He was by far the dominant car, deserved the win, and good on him. So let's uh, let's talk more about the rules package, which I'm going to do for my next point. Number four. So far, I have been a, a fan of the new rules package. I like the larger restart zones. I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. I like the idea that restarts are in the hands of the drivers. It it gives them the ability to, to choose how the restart happens and sort of play mind games with the other drivers. And allowing races to be won or lost based on what drivers do, in my opinion, is the best way to do it. Uh, I do think that they should do away with the repair clock. I guess I just don't understand the point of it. If a car is too damaged to be repaired, then it's just not going to race anyway. And being on pit road or in the garage, trying to fix your, your car is a penalty in itself. You're missing lap. You're going multiple laps down. That you're more than likely not going to get back so why not let cars back out on the track and there is a minimum speed requirement at every track so if you're a hinder if you're in the way you'll get black flagged and sent back to the pits so it's sort of like a solution to a problem that didn't exist but I guess maybe one of you can explain to me why the repair clock is a good thing. I I guess it's not the worst thing in the world where it doesn't really hurt, but, you know, it's not not necessary in my opinion. Uh, And then lastly, the new downforce package, the, um, I don't know what it's called, but the piece underneath the back of the car, under the, the car, Is lower this year than it was last year, and I think that that is a major reason why cars aren't spinning out. Uh, And I think it just makes for a more competitive on-track experience for the drivers. What are your thoughts? Do you like the new rule package? Do you think they should go back to the old restart zones? Share with me what you guys think. Leave me a note on on the Facebook page or the Patreon and I'd love to share your thoughts. For my last point, and as always, let's look forward to the next race. Number five. So looking ahead next week, we are going to Phoenix. It is a one mile, but it's really like a short track. Uh, It's kind of odd how Phoenix kind of bookmarks the season. There's early in the season, there's a race at Phoenix, and then it's the last race of the season. Typically, tracks that have um, two races it doesn't have such a long gap between them but it's kind of cool because different times of year the track conditions change so you really get to see very different types of races at phoenix honestly i prefer the old configuration Uh, i thought it was more competitive racing but i still like this configuration i still like this track it's the biggest small track on the circuit. So you get the speed of the slightly larger track with the competitive racing of a small track. This is the first race on a short track with a new short track rules package. Uh, so teams get to drop their spoiler two inches to create uh, even more downforce. So I think that the... um first two stages of the race you're going to see drivers kind of feeling out this this package and then i think in the third stage it's just going to be balls out racing i think that will be fun as heck to watch i can't wait i'm going to make a prediction that uh kevin harvick wins this race and i'm fully aware that a he's always a favorite here and b nostalgia tour this is his last year so i'm kind of picking him remembering some good old races i remember a race with him and carl edwards coming down to the last uh last couple laps and edwards had new tires and ran him down and i remember uh daryl waltrip said if if kevin harvick can hold him off here he'll be superman and he did and it was he won by inches it was a great race So I hope to see one more Kevin Harvick victory before uh, he rides off into the sunset. Who do you think is going to win? Before I go, I want to remind you to go to facebook.com and search the top five, the word top five, the word five, not the number five, patreon.com forward slash the top five, and share with me your thoughts. Do you agree, disagree with anything I said? I'd love to hear from you. I look forward to watching the race at Phoenix, and I look forward to sharing with you my top five after. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Top Five, and I'm Connor.